0: Next on BYUSN, Sky High Expectations or Low and Cautious? Which do you prefer as it pertains to a brand new BYU football season? You know, the
1: Cougars really more likely to win zero Big 12 football games than six. Zero
0: Big 12 wins? Sheesh, speaking of low expectations. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, May 15th. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who always carries high expectations, Jerem Jordan.
1: Depends on what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it depends. On today's show, a discussion about said expectations. Uh, High versus low, what do we prefer? What do you prefer? Weigh in on uh, social media. Cam Miller on that and the fit of three Cougar draft picks and the next batch of dudes in the NFL. Jennifer Rockwood and Jamie Shepard break down the new, newly released Big 12 women's soccer schedule. Welcome Thursdays and Mondays. And high school graduation photos you have to see from three women's volleyball players on the Cougar roster in Egypt. In front of a pyramid, pretty cool. But here are today's headlines.
2: Beginning
0: with some NFL news, Jaron Hall has signed a four-year contract with the Minnesota Vikings worth $4.1 million. I feel like he should look a little happier in this photo. Maybe they caught him at a weird time. $300,000 <laughs> signing bonus. Hey. Jared smile. He's, he's very even keel. He also competed in the Vikings' rookie mini cap over the past weekend. His head coach, complimentary, obviously said there's a lot to learn, but Jaron Hall doing his thing and getting paid now.
1: Uh, he was getting paid last year uh, with the NIL, but certainly uh, much more uh, in the NFL. In the USFL, Diane Lake had six tackles, two pass breakups, and the Houston Gamblers' 27-20 win over the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, Not to be confused with the, what was it, the Red, uh, whatever, the Atlanta... The Red Stallions. The Red Stallions. Yes. Uh, Troy Warner had 13 tackles for the Memphis Showboats in a win uh, 17-10 over the New Orleans Breakers. Corbin Kapusi also plays O-line on the Showboats. Yep. And uh, new signee Kainuku had a tackle for the Michigan Panthers. Are there Panthers in Michigan? And a loss to the (laughs) Pittsburgh Mullers.
0: BYU Men's Golf will compete at the NCAA Morgan Hill Regional beginning today. And running through May 17th, the top five teams and individuals in each regional will advance to Scottsdale, Arizona to compete for the NCAA Division I Men's Golf Championship, which runs May 27th through June 1st. Again, top five is the key for teams and individuals at regionals.
1: Here is even through holes one and two. So there we go. Baseball splits weekend games with Pacific winning 9-1 Friday. Losing 11-5 Saturday, it took series 2-1. Who we are still in seventh place in the West Coast Conference at 11 and 13. They was peppered on this weekend, final series of the regular season, hoping to get into the top six and make the WCC tournament in Vegas.
0: BYU softball watched their West Coast Conference championship hopes come to an end over the weekend, but they do accept an invitation to the National Invitational Softball Championships the women won on friday one to nothing in 12 innings but lost both games in the saturday doubleheader both by a final of two to nothing here's what hurts worst about this lmu lost twice in of their three games against san diego oh. so had byu swept they would have been the conference champions and had an automatic bid into the ncaa tournament
1: losing twice to zero really hurts Tough. And, and i was yesterday's year old when I learned there was like an N.I.T. in sophomore
0: <laughs> That <laughs> I did not, makes two of us. <laughs> I did not know that.
1: You didn't even know. cheats. Track and field hosted the last chance meet ahead of the NCAA West preliminaries. Uh, the following qualified in the meet. Jessica Thompson in the shot put, Megan Hunter, Marianne Barber, Briley Pontius, Pontius, and Claire Seymour in the 4x400, and Ben Barton and Dallin Vorkink in the decathlon. Nice show.
0: Jerem, great news. We have another official Big 12 schedule. Hey. This one for BYU women's soccer, a team that we expect to compete for the championship in year one. Absolutely. They host TCU on September 14th to open things up at Baylor, then at Texas on Monday, September 25th. All Thursday, Monday. Yes. Cincinnati and Provo at Iowa State. BYU hosts Texas Tech and Kansas State, which is a fun matchup on October 9th. They'll play at Oklahoma State, at Oklahoma, and then the finale of Big 12 play, hosting UCF on Monday, October
1: 23rd. The Thursday, September 28th game against Cincinnati is the day before the Cincinnati football game. It's Cincinnati weekend in Provo. So there you go. Much more coming up with Jennifer Aqua and Jamie Shepard breaking down that and their trip uh, to Europe. They just got back. The reason I know that, they'll be in studio, and Gregor Bell's right next to me in his office again. (laughs) Ashley Hatt scored the game-winning goal in the 94th minute for the Washington Spirit. She leads the NWSL in goals scored with five, and the Spirit are on top of the league with 15 points now with the dub.
0: Hatchy. I love to see the fans of said team saying, Hey, clutch again, Ashley Hatch. It's pretty cool the reputation that she has built in the oh, NWSL. Goal score alpha, yeah. BYU men's volleyball player Tion Taylor won a three finalists for the off the block National Middle Blocker of the Year. Wow. Taylor led the nation in blocks per set with 1.3 this season.
1: Yet wasn't anything in the MPSF. Still. How does that make sense? Still weirded up. Michael Rucker pitched two and a third innings over the weekend at three strikeouts for the Chicago Cubs. Jackson Clough had two hits including a two-run dinger for the AA Harrisburg Senators of the Nationals affiliation. And in triple-a for the Guardians. Yeah. Columbus Clippers second baseman Daniel Schneeman. Don't call him Schneebly. Had a four-hit weekend including a go-ahead to beat
0: two RBI single. And a boy Daniel Schneeman is he the next into the major leagues. We'll discuss a little bit later. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. It's
1: a touchdown. Pressure from his right hand, in the middle, third sack of the night. Isaac Rex makes the catch in the right flat, gets in the end zone for the touchdown.
0: What's Trending presented by BYU Food2Go, the MVP of your next event. Expectations back on topic on BYU Sports Nation. Based on the projected Big 12 standings that we had come out over the weekend. This is, this is wild. These are the K-Ford ratings.
1: Can we just throw this up and look yeah. at all these numbers? Like, the K-Ford like ratings.
0: Yeah. We're not going to give you everything, but we will tell you that BYU. This, okay? isn't,
1: this isn't what I was asking for, but I do like this graphic. <laughs>
0: The most likely win percentage in terms of games won in Big 12 play is at 29% in the two wins column, Jerem. Two wins that is for the BYU. the most
1: likely amount of wins.
0: The most likely amount of wins according to the K-Ford ratings. Yeah. Just above three wins at 27%, but you get to four Big 12 wins, only a 16% chance. Jerem, if you want a magical season, we thought, hey – you know, winning six games in the Big 12, that'd be a match 1% chance. BYU has a 4% chance of winning no games, according to K-Ford. That high? <laughs> so, with that in mind, this has probably altered uh, your expectations. It certainly has altered mine. Would you rather BYU football's preseason expectations be high or low?
1: Well, uh, preseason for the merits of this show, high. Because it's way more fun when we think BYU is going to be good.
0: Think about the build-up to last season. Last it year was, was fun. really fun. That
1: was the most excited I, had, I think I ever was or expected BYU to be coming out of a season. This year it's low, though, because BYU is going to the Big 12. But, I mean, no one's saying, like, four wins for BYU. There's some four and a half. There's some five and a half, right? You and I are in this six or seven range here. A six and a half is probably fair, right? Um, so, I listen, high would be fun mm-hmm. for the show, mm-hmm. but for the reality of the situation, low is better for BYU. I love that stat that came out, and unfortunately I was gone the day it was discussed because it was validating of what I talked about for a long time, which is like BYU is better as an underdog. They just are. They have the most underdog in Vegas wins of anybody in the uh, last 5 years. The last 5 years, 10 and 8. BYU is better as a dog. We can quantify it now with that number. BYU, like, emotionally and its attitude just functions better when no one thinks they can do it. When BYU is ranked 12th and goes into Oregon, that is a dangerous situation, as we saw last year. Not only because Oregon's good, but now they're up for the game in a way that they weren't going to be up for the game because BYU's 12th and so on and so forth. BYU at some point in the future needs to manage success better. But until then, I would rather have them low. Because BYU functions better in its motivation, attitude, and and work ethic for whatever reason. Even when you're ranked and you play a top three team, like you can win that game. But it's like no one thought we could do. It. Well, you were ranked against Miami and Oklahoma, Oklahoma. in '90 and 09, and you won. And it, yes, it was an upset. But like number 16, you're you're number no 20, slouch. respectively. You're no yeah. slouch. Like you're capable. You have a Heisman winner or contender at quarterback.
0: Like. I so, think it was because Vegas had set those lines up. I think in one instance it was BYU was a 17-point dog against Oklahoma, which is wild as a ranked team. BYU
1: was 10-3 and three walking in, ranked 16th.
0: And like, BYU was BYU a two-touchdown plus team. underdog at home against Miami as well. That
1: one makes sense. You don't know BYU is that good yet. Like they had a good 89. tie, puts up 70 points against Utah the year before and so on and so forth. 09, it's like, you won 10 games to year four and returned, like, a lot of pieces. Long answer, I would like low. Okay. I like low.
0: I want, I want to be able to be like a kid on Christmas Eve or as a child the night before your birthday. Like, you have these... Visions of grandeur in in your mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. better or worse. Yeah. Because most let, time it's worse. Let's most face it. Most time you don't actually get the thing. Let's face it. One. Yeah. <laughs> like more often than not, like your expectations of what is in those boxes when you are a kid on Christmas Eve, or when your presents are out and you're looking at as you know the birthday celebration happens. Man, I'm I'm, re- I'm I hope this is what it is. And if it's not, then you're like, oh, I'm happy because it's my birthday, but. I kind of really wanted this. Or, yeah, it's Christmas and it's super fun. Let's but take the guessing I away and just declare what this, you want. Can right? we
1: just, to my children, can you just, you're not watching, never mind.
0: I, w- I was really hoping for this. Um, not to say I didn't have fantastic Christmases or birthdays as a child, because I did, but, like, it's hard to match the expectations when you're seven or eight years old of what could possibly be in those boxes. That's why I just need to tell your parents which one. I feel Leave like fans in large part, are kind of like kids on Christmas Eve. We, you know, we we, we tell ourselves like, oh, I'll manage my expectations. But really, you're looking at that box going, what if it's a 10-win season? What if it's saying a that for national this year? ranking? You'd be surprised how many people are actually thinking, what if? <laughs> well, what if is silly. Yeah, what if is, it's silly? It's nine or 10 wins for BYU. What if? <laughs> you're one of the Big 12. Okay. Uh, So it's more fun. It's more fun to have high expectations. It's more fun to just dream about these incredible presents in the form of a magical
1: season. The most fun is winning.
0: The The safest is the route that you have gone, and frankly, what I have gone. I thought my expectations were relatively moderate, going, yeah, six and a half is probably where I'd set the line. And, and thinking that seven – but people are like, oh, my gosh, you're crazy. Seven wins? That's way too high. I'm like, oh, okay. And maybe
1: it is. I hope All right. I hope that's not the case. I hope BYU's, like, an eight-win team. I'm looking
0: at these K-forward ratings. Jaren, BYU wins, traditionally speaking, how many of their Power 5 games? 40%. Yeah. Thank
1: you, Cougar Stats, for that
0: one. 40%. They play 10 Power 5 games this year. So based on what BYU six, has always done. Two,
1: you're six and six. Non-P5 games. Am I
0: crazy? Am I thinking that the present is going to be better than it actually is?
1: Well, is BYU is BYU more prepared to do this than uh, you know, in the 70s when they were playing quote unquote P5? So the 80s or the 90s or the early 2000s? One gajillion percent yes. Independence has prepared BYU for this. BYU has never been more prepared as a program to play this kind of schedule. Amen. Ever.
0: The buildup for 10 years
1: to this. It doesn't, 12 in fact, it doesn't mean BYU is going to dominate or something. I just mean BYU is not running into something they have no clue about. BYU is more prepared to be a Power 5 team than any invited G5 team of the past 15 years when all of expansion happened around 2010, 11, 12, right? With that said, BYU's got to answer the bell. I get why the expectations are low. BYU lost its primary quarterback, running back, receiver, left tackle, and defensive coordinator, notably. This makes sense. And it's okay.
0: BYU's in the perfect spot, Spence. No one thinks they can do it. No they've one. Been, th- they've been a winner as an underdog in the last I'm years. I'm not
1: saying BYU's going to win the Big 12. I'm just saying expectations are low, and if BYU somehow gets to, like, eight wins, that's a pretty good season. And, again, it's the first time you're walking into the Big 12 – don't have to blow the doors off quite yet. In a couple years, we'd love to get to the point where we're like, yeah. yeah, BYU's in the hunt for the conference championship.
0: If my expectations are too high, then so be it. <laughs> too then high. So at six be and it. A half. If I have the line at six and a Can half we- and that's too high, fine.
1: Again, this is one of the things we're going to tell you. We will never say BYU's not going to a bowl game. <laughs> Mainly because we're paid by Brigham Young University. But also, we always believe BYU will make a bowl game. Always. BYU.
0: Always. Only missed a bowl game. It's not even hard. Went four of ten non-G5 and FCS games. They only missed a bowl game once in Independence. One time. And it was the worst season in 50 years. And it was worth it because we got the Cougar. Yeah.
1: Zach Wilson. It was worth that season. 2020, 2021. That was because of getting Zach and Aaron Roderick.
0: Would you rather BYU football's preseason expectations be high? Or low. Who
1: wants them high? Tell me. Tell me. I, I do. I oh want God. them high too, but, <laughs> but realistically, no. My, I'm being told mine are too I, high. I think BYU just functions better as a team when they're low. Like, if we tell BYU they're so good. Last year
0: happened. That was sure. tough. That was Michael tough. Burns on Twitter says, We all have high expectations, except maybe Jerem. <laughs> you literally wrote that. Except we, we can't help it. But I love everyone outside the nation having low expectations. Okay. You, makes, you have
1: high expectations. What define high outside if you tell BYU me,
0: Sports Nation? I believe is what he's saying.
1: Yeah, of course we want. It, it yeah. makes the yeah. season
0: fun when BYU exceeds the rankings. Hashtag BYUSN <laughs> has on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to join
1: in. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want a great preseason or more enjoyable season? That's how you should play this. I, I'm on a little of both.
0: <laughs> a little of both. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> A little. I want to be, able to be able to hope that BYU is going to win seven games. Okay, that's not high. <laughs> I'm
1: being told it is. No, it's not. The <laughs> high is like nine or ten plus. BYU baseball hosts uh, the final series of the regular season. Hopefully not the season, but at least the regular season. Yeah. Thursday, Pepperdine in town, eight Eastern. Pepperdine already uh, eliminated from uh, the conference tournament. They don't have a lot to play for. So BYU, get it done. You can watch it on the BYU TV and listen
0: on the BOA radio apps. Up next, the executive editor of College Football Network, Cam Meller, joins the program. Does he think that our expectations are too high? What would qualify as high expectations for BYU football? And their quarterback, Keaton Slovis. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. The keeper for Jaron Hall follows
1: Lupini into the end zone touchdown. Jaron Hall navigates his way into the end zone. 10, the 5, the pile on the touchdown! Puka
0: We are live at Studio B with your day to day BYU Sports play by play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. How do you feel about that Puka play?
1: Because I actually don't like watching that because I remember the rest of the game after that. <laughs>
0: Lynchburg. It was, great, it was a great play. I went to a very dark place in Lynchburg. <laughs> Most do. It was it was a rough trip. Thankfully, that thankfully, was terrible. Our interview with Dax Milne in Washington, DC the next day like kind of salvaged it. something.
1: <laughs> so I thank you, Dax. I see that and I have PTSD from the game. I almost don't want to see any Liberty highlights. No Oregon highlights, no Liberty Highlights. Wasn't
0: BYU up 14 to 3 in that Liberty game? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the score. I put it out of my mind. I put it out of my mind. Uh, joining us now, hopefully uh, he's forgotten it too, executive editor of College Football Network, friend of the program, Cam Meller. Cam, welcome back to the show. Uh, hopefully you don't have Lynchburg on the mind when it comes to BYU football.
3: <laughs> no, I don't, but I definitely have that uh, that Eugene game against Oregon. Oh, I, I yeah. cannot look at the whole picture for Bo Nix, and unfortunately some of those highlights are just – you know, spattered all throughout. I can't get away
0: from Yes. We've been discussing expectations. Oh, that's not how I wanted Monday to start. (laughs) (laughs) And Cam, whether they're too high or too low, obviously you're a member of the media, so you kind of take a unique approach to this. But what would qualify as high expectations for BYU in year one of the Big 12?
3: At this point, it's a winning record in conference play. I think you take out, you scrub away the the first two games of the the season, and you look at a winning record in conference play, which obviously puts them into a bowl game like you guys were just talking about. But to me, seven wins, eight wins, that's pretty high. Uh, I I do think six and a half is right on the nail on the head. Okay, But there are some winnable games that I really think six and a half is on the low end. And this
1: is because BYU uh, lost its quarterback, running back, main receiver, left tackle, defensive coordinator, right? So there's unknown there. Of the known, what do you, how do you feel about the, the Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins and Jay Hills of the world that are the new guys at those spots?
3: Yeah, they've proven that they can be the players that we, we know them to be in new surroundings. I think that's the, the, the big thing to look at in the transfer portal how well do these guys acclimate themselves and how quickly do they do so in unfamiliar territory. And so, you know, I think we'll get to it. Why Keaton Slovis moved up for me in the rankings, and it's all all signs pointing to him picking up the playbook, understanding what he's doing. He's the new leader. So to me, you know, like I mentioned to you guys as well, it's uh, it always comes back to quarterback for me. And so with Keaton Slovis acclimating himself, becoming the leader of the team, he knows it. Everyone else knows it. He can run the offense pretty well. Um, and if he gets back to the Keaton Slovis, we all know he can be or, or showed he was at USC a few years ago. You know, the six and a half is definitely on the low end.
0: Let's stay with the Slovis topic here. And you mentioned he moved up in your rankings of all 14 Big 12 quarterbacks. Now he's number six. He was number seven. You alluded to it a little bit, but what's the ceiling, Cam, for Keaton? What, what, did, what could he become in the Big 12 quarterback rankings if he has a great season?
3: You know, six, seven is probably his floor at this point. But there's a, uh, you know, one or two he could pass with a few really good games. He's got a lot of work to get to. I think the top two. We've we've seen Dylan Gabriel as one of the most electric college football quarterbacks uh, in pre- recent years. Twelve thousand, thirteen thousand career passing yards. That's ridiculous for Gabriel. Quinn has the uh, the uh, arm talent and the skill that we all know he has. Can he stay healthy for the full season? That's uh, that's the big question to me. But you know, 3-4, that's his ceiling where where he can reach. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets back to there. And then we're ultimately talking about him as as a guy who's going to be drafted high in the NFL draft. He he has the talent. He has everything you want from a quarterback, from the intangible perspective. Can he put together a full 12-game season, ultimately 13-game season, and really put forth his best effort on a consistent basis? That's all he has has to prove this year.
1: Will Kansas be as good as Jalen Daniels will be? Because he's getting a lot of pub. He had great numbers, obviously, before he got hurt early in the season, and Kansas made this huge splash. He's got to be one of the top three in the league, probably, in your opinion?
3: Absolutely. At his best, he was up there. Let's we At the end of September, he was in the legitimate talk for Heisman Trophy. I mean, that's how good he was last year. Does he get back to that? I mean, he returned to the field and led them to their dramatic bowl game victory and overtime. So he still has that talent. He's an underrated passer, which I think everybody looked at him and, and wanted to slap the dual threat label on him. But he had some really accurate passes, some very good progressive read throws. Jalen Daniels is more than just a, a dual threat; a runner quarterback first. He throws the football really well, and honestly, that's you know that's where it is right there at number three, Jalen Daniels, and then you're, you're talking about a wide open race right after him.
0: Cam Miller is the executive editor of college football network. He's on BYU sports nation. He covered very closely. Jaron Hall, Pukunakua, Blake Freeland, who have all been drafted into the national football league. And we'd love to get your thoughts on the fit for each of those three cam beginning with Jaron Hall to the Minnesota Vikings. I loved it. In fact, I was calling for it for more than a month. It happened. I I just like him behind Kirk cousins. How do you feel about Jaron Hall with the Minnesota Vikings?
3: I'm not saying this just because I'm here on uh, on my favorite program across the nation. I'm saying this because I published this. <laughs> I think it's the best fit from all the quarterbacks.
0: Yes. Uh, yes.
3: I, they're, 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 uh, the spot he lands, let's face it, it's immaculate. He learns from Kirk Cousins, a consummate professional, a great guy to be behind, one year left. It's a massive contract if they want to re-sign him. All Jaron has to do is take what Kirk is showing him, learn the playbook. He gets a full year behind Kirk Cousins. Uh, one of the better quarterbacks, whether we all want to admit it or not, the past decade in the NFL, uh, at least consistently, you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah. And Jaron can put together, you know, a great offseason package and ultimately become the next guy if he's if he's ready to do so in 2024. I think it's it's shaping up if he does take that proverbial next step and adjust to the speed uh, quickly. He can take over for the Vikings sooner than later.
1: How about Puka Nakua with the Rams and Blake Freeland with the Colts? What are your thoughts there?
3: You know, Nakua had to go to a good spot. I knew a GM was going to fall in love with him. I didn't really expect it to be the the Rams, but when you look at their roster, you realize how depleted they are at wide receiver. And so Nakua, what, slides into wide receiver four from the moment he was drafted at least. And this is a guy who I don't have to tell anybody listening right now or watching right now, but uh, he's an electric guy with a football in his hands. And so... McVay finding a way to get him in the offense, I can see it happening. And honestly, I can see him being one of those late-round steals that uh, nobody really was calling for except for a few of us in the national media. Same with Blake Freeland. Uh, I think he goes to a situation with the Colts where he's not pressed into duty right away. We saw at the Senior Bowl, he, he needs some time to sink his hips, keep his pad level low, work on balance through strength and, and, and through contact. And I think at the Colts, he can get that done. They've been known to uh, put together some impressive offensive linemen after year one, year two. And so I think he's got to another great fit.
0: Cam, we're looking at the BYU roster in 2023, and we're starting to see Kingsley Suamataia, at least according to Todd McShay, show up at number 28 in the first round. CBS Sports at top 10. Top 10 at number 9 overall. What's the ceiling for Kingsley Suamataia? Is he a sure thing first round pick in your mind?
3: Right now, it depends, right? So I guess, let me uh, let me ask the question, is he shifting to left tackle, or is he going to yes. stay put on the, on the outside?
0: Yep. He's going to be left tackle.
3: So, there you go. I think, you know, we're looking at the projection for him. If if Paris Johnson was able to do that, he moved from guard to left tackle at Ohio State. If Kingsley does that now and has a dominant year, which we've all seen capable of him, he's amazing on the move. So, actually, I kind of liken him to Paris Johnson. Mm-hmm. He was terrific on the move. If he improves his pass sets, absolutely left tackles are always going to be the dominant need for a team that needs an offensive lineman. So, yes, Kingsley could be he has that ceiling that he can reach. There is a top 10 pick. I I don't have any trouble saying that.
1: BYU's produced its last two starting quarterbacks as NFL draft picks. Um, Last two left tackles, uh, last two primary wide receivers. Do you feel like, uh, you know, besides Kingsley, that Keaton Slovis could become an NFL draft pick next year, perhaps?
3: Absolutely. I I think it's the three K's up front. It's Kingsley. It's it's Cody Epps and it's Keaton Slovis, and then you those those three are almost your locks at this point. Hmm. Keaton has some work to do to atone for what he, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh year, I guess you could say, um, and make sure we're, we're back to where he is. But he's got the talent to be drafted, and we know Cody is is electric, um, and so I think just a full season of him, uh, and I will see him drafted high.
0: Wow. Okay, so Cody Epps, we feel like he's an NFL guy too, but you're calling him a lock, Uh, Cam. Why is it that you're so high on Cody?
3: You know, we're going to see him in a a bigger use package this year, right? And I I think we've seen the way that NFL GMs evaluate and and then ultimately value wide receivers with the ball in their hands is getting higher and higher for these guys that are electric with the ball in their hands. You know, I I I didn't I don't remember seeing one person say Puka was going to be a, a surefire draft pick and I said it just was going to take one GM to fall in love with him and, and mm. there he is going early day three. I think it's the same with Cody where you're going to have a full package of, of seeing what he's able to do with the ball in his hands this year 12 games of you know the, the top guy it looks like or, or will look like to me and it's just going to take one one guy honestly it would not surprise me to see him go day two um, or at least at the latest uh, early rounds of, uh, of day three.
0: Is there anybody else on your radar Isaac Rex or otherwise?
3: Uh, so I have Rex and Robbins, uh, both the offensive guys. And then, you know, there's a, there's probably a list after that. Isaac just needs to showcase he's healthy and can stay healthy as well. It seems to be, uh, you know, ultimately the curse of the position. But he's, you know, a massive man with a massive catch radius. And if he's penciled into a, a tight end two role in the NFL, this is a guy who is the goal line threat, the red zone threat, the, uh, you know, down go type of guy. And so Rex to me, Robbins, massive man. You know, he's probably not going to be the fastest guy or a, or a full three down back in the NFL, but he's absolutely one of those guys in sort of a LeGarrette blunt role in the NFL that could carve a ditch for himself.
0: Cam's great to talk with you. Uh, before we go, how do we find more of your elite material?
3: Collegefootballnetwork.com. It's all college football going forward for me. No more uh, NFL coverage. So we're just focusing on all 133, soon to be 134 teams going forward. Uh, and shining light on all the little guys across the uh, the nation that need the the love.
1: <laughs> Next time we're going to ask you about Sam Houston. I'm dead serious. Yeah, the opener.
3: Let let, let me know. I got Grant Gunnell content out the uh, the Wazoo. Anybody that watched uh, Arizona back in 2019 knows who I'm talking about. All
0: right, you got it. It. Cam. Great to talk with you, man. Thanks so much.
3: My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Cam Miller back on BYU Sports Nation. Cody Epps. The three Ks up front. Kingsley Key. King, well, let's and avoid Cody.
1: that particular uh, reference there. But yeah, I love uh, I love Cody Epps. Yeah. Let's not, let's not do this. <laughs> if you missed any interviews, D Blues, Joes, Games, you can find them on BYSN.com. Uh, Download the free BY TV app to get all the BY TV sports content on demand.
0: Up next is Robbie Bosco, the most underrated quarterback in BYU history. Ooh! Somebody said it! We're gonna discuss it. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Follow BYU Sports Station on social media for content throughout the uh, 24-hour day.
0: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here's is Jerem, I am Spencer. It's a Monday and it's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip around presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: The Gamblin' Gauchos podcast made a list of the most underrated quarterbacks from each Big 12 school. Mm the big 12 here, that's exciting. I heard that. Uh, Named Robbie Bosco is BYU's. Is Robbie Bosco the most underrated quarterback in BYU
0: history? Can you finish third in the Heisman voting and be considered underrated? Yes. Yes. Probably because he falls behind Jim McMahon and Steve Young. Like he was. Anti-Demmer. The immediate. Well, he was immediately following Jim McMahon and Steve Young in that. I mean,
1: in the conversation. He does not get brought up as one of the top guys.
0: I don't. He's underrated for sure. I don't know that he's the most underrated quarterback. For me, the answer to that question is John Walsh.
1: He's outside the A-list.
0: He's right there, though. Yes. And I feel like had he stayed one more year, Jeremy, had he decided not to leave early. Yeah he probably would have made an NFL roster and would be discussed more with the all-time passing yards, all-time touchdown passes conversations. But because he opted to leave early and then he didn't didn't make it in the NFL, he kind of just got lost in the wake. Like, John Walsh, to me, had a chance, following Ty Detmer, to be the next dude. But I feel like he's the most underrated of any BYU quarterback.
1: Robbie's a pretty good pick when it comes to the sort of like, oh yeah, that guy. But it's like, this dude won a, national, a championship, national championship, second team All-American. You mentioned it, third in the Heisman, third round pick. That's pretty good. Like, no one has that resume at BYU. Not a,
0: literally, he's the only one that can say, I want an N. But maybe because he's not discussed as much as McMahon, Young, and Denver, underrated. he's the most underrated. And like, frankly,
1: um, that's... Oh, okay, that's proper in that conversation, but it doesn't mean he's not underrated, because he's rated kind of low given what that
0: his LinkedIn says right there. My outside shot was also Max Hall. Like Max Hall, 32 and seven as a starter, incredible. Yeah, but he but he didn't win any like major awards, right? So he
1: competed in the modern era where it was harder. Yeah. If Max Hall puts up those numbers in the 70s, he is just like Mark Wilson. He is just like. Me. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, let's stay with the college football theme here and extend it into the NFL, if you will. What's the best BYU football weekend road trip this season? Not just BYU's game in mind, Mm -hmm. but maybe some potential National Football League scenarios around.
1: So there are uh, five opportunities within like four hours uh, from the location of the football game for BYU on a Saturday to an NFL game the next day or soon thereafter. The best option for me due to time is because it's within an hour is At Kansas, September 23rd, you can see the Chiefs host the Bears. The rest of them are a little far away. You gotta jaunt a little bit. Four and a half, three hours, three hours, 4.15 to get to some of these other locations. But it depends uh, just how far you wanna go. So um, if it's an 11 a.m. or noon start the next day, you know, it's gonna be an early morning. But there's some fun opportunities for fans if they wanna go to a game on a Saturday and then go see some NFL guys play, you have a chance.
0: Yeah, if I had to pick one, I'm going with September 23rd and 24th. Because it's BYU's first Big 12 game ever at Kansas.
1: And it's the second most winnable game on the Big 12 schedule, I would argue.
0: Fun quarterback matchup between Keaton Slovis, Jalen Daniels, is Kansas for real? Like, BYU's gonna be a good test for them? No, but Daniels is. Yes, he is. Kansas football is nothing. And then you get to go support but Andy Reid the next wins. day and Matt Bushman. Maybe Matt Bushman's on the active roster. It's a, we know you. It's it's at least Andy. It's at least yeah, Andy. I hope Reed. it's Matt as well. And it's very convenient, as you pointed out. The best NFL game, if your emphasis is there, mm-hmm. probably Saints at Texans. If you want to watch Taysom and Jamal play in Houston. You make about a three-and-a-half-hour jaunt okay. south of Dallas-Fort Worth, and then you can watch those guys play after BYU plays at TCU. Well, the I had a four-and-a-half on,
1: four on Google Maps, so it's a ways away, but yeah. Florida State's athletic director Michael Alford sounded off on the ACC's media deal, which they signed a long time ago for a long time specifically Alfred wasn't very happy that ucf new big 12 member will be getting a bigger media deal than the seminoles saying that's just not acceptable to us (laughs) is this another win for the big 12. sure
0: yeah (laughs) it's It's not just the (laughs) pac-12 it's other conferences now too it reminds me of like the quarterback contracts in the nfl though like because it's always like a one-upping scenario at one point Derek carr was the highest paid quarterback in the national football league It's not gonna last. Like at some point, the ACC will get a better deal than the Big 12 has. It just kind of depends on timing. Like the next deal is always gonna be more. It seems. So for now, yeah, like the Big 12 has a better contract than the ACC. But could they renegotiate? Could they come to the table and like make something better? Probably. But it's fun for now. Hey, Derek Carr was like, "Yeah, I'm the highest paid quarterback in the NFL."
1: ACC signed a super long deal. You shouldn't sign more than like a six-year deal in my opinion, or eight. Like. Just times change. You can get paid more quicker. Granted, if your league stinks and people leave, now you're in the situation like the Pac-12 where you're trying to figure it out post-USC-UCLA. So, yeah, great.
0: (laughs) It's it's very fun. (laughs) It's it's also mid-May. The BYU women's volleyball team currently on a foreign trip that includes stops in Turkey, Greece, and they are currently in Egypt. This is awesome. awesome. They posted pictures over the weekend of the team on a camel ride in front of the pyramids. In Cairo, how about that? That's cool. Uh, Jeremy, have you ever ridden a camel?
1: I actually have randomly, but it was in Phoenix at the zoo. They're just like, hey, paying like six bucks and you can ride this camel. So Ben and Tate and I got up on a camel. So, you've was, ridden a camel. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. I, I would, uh, yeah, someone just texted me. It's three and a half hours if, if Spencer's driving. Truth. From Dallas to you. 100%. Yeah. Got that radar detector on
0: there. 100%. Have you ridden a camel? I have not ridden a camel.
1: <laughs> it was, you're pretty high up there. I would prefer it be in Egypt next time, <laughs> not Phoenix, but desert-like. It, uh,
0: somewhere in, in, some, in front of one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool. Up next, the inaugural Big 12 schedule for BYU women's soccer is officially out. Yeah! It's here, and uh, so are the head coach, Jen Rockwood, and senior midfielder Jamie Shepard. European travelers. travelers. Yeah, they, they had a nice vacation oh, recently too. Jet
1: lag coming back they from They ride Europe. camels.
0: This is
2: BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Dingo shot takes it a function, It's a goal. Wade scores. Olivia Wade, in. What a shot
0: by Jamie Shepard. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B, alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It's uh, time to be excited about BYU women's soccer. The Big 12 schedule is here. It's always time, Spencer. It is official. I know, but it's it's Power Five, right? We roll They've it been out. a power team for a long time.
3: It's
0: been <laughs> awesome. Here's a look at it. 2023 conference slate. BYU opens up with a big-time game Thursday, September 14th against TCU. A very good team. Team BYU has serum. history
1: with. Yep, 9-1 all-time versus TCU.
0: Then at Baylor at Texas is a fun date on Monday, September 25th. And then you called it the Cincinnati weekend, Jerem. Yep. Friday night game against the Bearcats and then football host Cincinnati in their Big 12. Yep, home. Thursday,
1: Friday, know. soccer and uh, American football. Let's go.
0: At Iowa State, Monday, October 2nd, followed by a home date with Texas Tech on Thursday, then Kansas State on Monday, October 9th. That's a good team. At Oklahoma State, at Oklahoma, then Central Florida rounds out the conference schedule on Love Monday, it. October 23rd in Provo. Now that we've digested it, let's uh, break it down a little bit more and do so with the head coach, Jen Rockwood, and her star midfielder, Jamie Shepard. Welcome to BYU Sports
1: Welcome back to the United States of America.
4: Thanks, yeah. Yeah. We've been gone for a little while. Yes. It's been fun.
0: You've been, uh, I'm I'm guessing, sitting on that schedule for a little while waiting for things to become official. Uh Okay, but take us back to the, the date you first saw it. How did you feel about it when you first saw it, if you can remember?
4: Yeah, well, I think, I think the first thing we're looking at, who are home matches. Uh, obviously, we love playing at Southfield. And, and to see TCU, you know, the, TCU has been the best team in the conference for the last couple of years and have had tremendous success. Uh, I think the top 10 team the last couple of years. So to, to open the Big 12 season with them at home on Southfield, yeah. uh, that's one thing I was really excited about. Um, the other thing, too, is uh, Central Florida has actually been one of the other top teams uh, coming in with an RPI and their success of their program. And we get them home as well. So uh, two of the tougher teams uh, on Southfield uh, was something that we were kind of looking and interested to see. Also interested to see who we weren't playing. You know, so there's three teams that we won't see this year. Uh, Houston, um, Kansas and West, West Virginia. Virginia. Yes. Yeah. And West Virginia has done extremely well. Um, over the years uh, in the Big Twelve, so um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we return a lot of great players from last year, including our, our leader and El Capitan. So um, yeah, we're we're excited.
1: It's your fourteenth year at BYU, Jamie, which is very <laughs> exciting. I'm just kidding. Like your fifth. What do you yes. think of this Big Twelve schedule? This is this is new and exciting.
5: Very exciting. I think. Like you said, this will be my fifth year, so I've had four years in the WCC, and it's been great. But I think I'm very lucky to be able to play one year, one final year in the Big 12 to see some new teams and some new faces, and I'm super excited.
1: And new places, which will be interesting. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, the West Coast Conference was like really good travel. Mm -hmm. It was direct. It It was West Coast. New Malibu, places.
0: Los Angeles, yeah, San that.
1: Francisco and Portland and whatnot. Um, this is going to be a unique uh, travel schedule for the team as well. And the Thursday, Monday
4: thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some logistics things. It'll be a challenge for us. Um, some new places, obviously, some some further travel. But we've we typically traveled uh, a lot in our non-conference schedule, so we're kind of used to that. Um, the girls haven't been to a lot of these places. I, I, uh, you know, I've been here a long time, so I've been to most all those places. <laughs> So they're not totally new, but I think the big challenge for us will also be uh, the Monday night games. The Thursday-Monday schedule yeah. is, is a bit challenging, uh, especially because we don't do anything on Sundays. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We've got some ideas, and and uh, yeah. I think we've always had to manage around the Sunday play. Uh, soccer is a Sunday sport in the NCAA. Uh, we've always done just fine um, with the challenges that, that comes with it, and it's paid off for us, and it's done uh, great things. so we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, Jamie, as a player, I mean, you've participated in Monday games before, mm-hmm. as Jen alluded to. You've done this before. Yeah. So how do you approach it as a player?
5: Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a challenge and definitely an adjustment. But I think our coaches do a great job at helping us maintain um, that practice schedule and the training and keeping us fresh for those long travels and for those games. So nothing crazy. I think, I think we'll be okay.
1: Uh, when will the non-conference schedule come out?
5: I think it will come out in the next couple of weeks. We, we start our big
4: marathon summer camp uh, thing that uh, we do every summer and uh, we'll be passing out uh, our promotional materials for that starting June 5th. So, we assume it will be probably announced at the end of the month. Very nice. Well, Tate, you, you,
0: Tate's going to be at one of those camps, by the awesome. way. Awesome. You. you tend to go really light in the non-conference yeah. schedule. Just mail yeah. it in. Yeah. Send <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it in jest because it's usually loaded. Yes. Uh, so while it's not out and you can't tell us specifically who's on it. Or just um, tell us. I can tell what, you a couple. What can you tell us? Oh, yeah, I'll tell, tell us what you want.
4: Sure. Um, no, we, we've we always challenged ourselves with a non-conference schedule. that's has been tough. Um, because that does prepare you for the rigors of a, a conference schedule and you know, we want to be good and we want to be up there. We want to be ranked and and we want to get back to the tournament and do some great things. So um, we open uh, our season openers against a team, uh, St. Louis. You, you, you know It's not a, a school that you've heard a lot about, especially in this part of the country, um, but they've had a phenomenal program for the last few years. They finished in the top 10. Wow. Just this past season, they went 22 and one. Um, They had they finished with a higher RPI than we did, so yeah, bring it on. Wow! Um, That is our home opener at Southfield, Uh, and then we also get to play uh, the defending national champions. We'll have UCLA Mm. uh, at the end of uh, September uh, on Southfield. That'll be a fun one for Ellie. End of August. End of August, I believe. So yeah.
1: Tell us about this group, Jamie. Uh, you guys played four games on your European trip, which we'll talk about in a second. Won all those games. Some by like a good in goals. <laughs> How are you feeling about this group? Because last year you guys had a great spring, and that really translated to another good season.
5: We've got a good group of girls. Um, this last spring and being able to play four games in Europe was huge for us. They always set us up with a lot of games.
4: It's good. We're
0: Jerry's <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> to play another
4: one. Two, like, My 90s, lungs are
5: two 90s in one day. That's oh, how we roll.
0: Okay.
1: Nice.
5: nice. No big deal. <laughs> but I'm super excited. Um, like you said, we've got a lot of girls returning. So what, 12 seniors? So 12 I seniors think, yeah. with COVID. It's with like COVID, yeah. It COVID might be a and twice injuries. or whatever. Yeah. I think Petey's been here about yeah. eight years or so. <laughs> but Almost know. as long as you. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just more. But I'm super excited um, I think we're we'll take what we um, built last from last fall and kind of still build on that and we'll be working all summer and getting ready and prepared for the fall and we're gonna hopefully do some amazing things so
0: Now, Jeremy and I have tabbed BYU Women's Soccer as one of the teams, if not the team, that has the best shot to go in in year one of Big 12 competition and compete for a conference championship. We've set those expectations. Don't know if you hate them or if you love them, but where do you stand in that? Because you're a great program, Jen. Everybody knows it. The Big 12 knows it. So where do you stand on expectations in year one of Big 12 play?
4: Well, I think uh, that's something that's helped our program over the years, is that the expectations are always high. Uh, This will be our fourth conference. Um, Every time we've gone into a conference, our expectation is to win it. Um, I think that's just what you have to do. And I think we've been in a position these last few years with our Preparation the WCC which was a fantastic soccer conference and really helped us nationally get even more exposure That's prepared us well to go into the Big 12. Um, Big 12 is great soccer. There's no question about that There's a lot of programs that have a lot of strong history um, But we feel like we're ready and we're prepared It's not going to be easy by any stretch and we'll be challenged very uh, deep into the schedule each and every game um, but that's how you want it. Do You want to play the best to be the best, and you got to go beat the best at home and on the road. So uh, that's what we'll expect, um, and uh, we just uh, we think that we'll we'll be prepared for sure. You know, <coughs> you need things to fall your way. You need a little bit of luck. You need to stay healthy. Uh, you need to find your confidence in in the in the non-conference schedule. Uh, but other than that,
5: uh, we'll be ready to go.
1: You might be the preseason favorite. It, it, it'll be exciting. Tell us about the Europe trip. Where would you go, and how was it?
5: So much fun. <laughs> My first time in Europe, so very exciting. Okay. So fun. Let's see, we, we started in Austria, Slovenia, and then finished in Croatia. Wow. So three amazing places. We had a great time.
0: You played like, in a cool stadium, too.
5: Yeah. <laughs> some cool places, played some fun teams, ate lots <laughs> of gelato, <laughs> yeah. a lot of food. It was great. Did you eat anything exotic? Uh, no, Dang, I'm I'm really. pretty simple.
4: Gelato, <laughs> chocolate. Yeah, the they croissants. fed us some really good food. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no escargot. Fun. No thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
5: Stayed clear. Yeah.
0: We're so excited, obviously, for the Big 12 schedule. Great to have both of you on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we're going to give you some karma so you survive the summer camps. Yes. Yep. And uh, get See into you in training. in a couple and, weeks. And awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's, let's go. Thanks Thanks, thanks for the time. Thank
4: you. Appreciate
0: it. All right, up next on BYU Sports Nation, a rise and shout out to one of the seven wonders of the world and some BYU ties there as well. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports
1: Nation is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the pod, subscribe,
0: rate, and review. It's very simple. Also simple, answering our question of the day. Would you rather BYU football's preseason expectations be high or Keep them low. Stay safe. Mark M on Twitter says, "Stay safe. Low. <laughs> you know Yeah. Yes. Stay safe out there. Don't.
1: <laughs>
0: don't get too excited. Uh, Mark on Twitter coming in. Low. I don't want to get too emotional. The first few years. First <laughs> few years. If BYU exceeds expectations, I'll be yeah. thrilled. If yeah. not, I'll still root for them. And get a feel for the conference over time.
1: Mine is less emotional and just like how I think the team's going to do. Here's based what, on who they are and who they play.
0: Here is always the wild card. And BYU typically tends to start fast. What if BYU beats Arkansas and they're 3-0 on national league? And, and now they're ranked 17. Whether you want them to or not, going first. into Big 12 play, you'll be like, well, just one in Arkansas. We can win it, kids. That's, what if we start 5-0. and
3: That's
1: really what we need <laughs> is to walk in and go, boom, we're here. That's... We've had too many, like, just starts and then collapses, right? Because it's like, is BYU actually going to go 10-0 and 0 and be in the hunt for the playoff at the end? This year isn't about doing something crazy. This year is about showing up and maintain. Then you build from there, right? And maybe, maybe it's better than that. That'd be great. But I would rather, I would rather uh, in the season... Be thrilled rather yes. than be thrilled yes. about the prospect of
0: the season preseason. Start four and one and BYU's gonna win seven games. Yeah, because
1: guess what? The back six is gonna be really hard. Start four and one, BYU will win seven we'll, games. We'll break down all the nuances of the schedule coming up later throughout the summer. But yeah, that front six, you if you can get four
0: wins, let's go. Yes. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX. Healthcare Elevated comes from Travis Tingey on Twitter who says, Before NIL and Transfer Portal, I would say low expectations. Oh, yeah? Now I say high. Yeah. High expectations bring more NIL money. Everyone wants to support a winner. And shows potential transfers they would be coming into a good situation with expectations to win.
1: I think you can be excited and expect something uh, real. I think those two can be managed. Yes. Just because I think BYU is going to go, you know, Six to six, seven to five. Doesn't mean I'm not excited.
0: No, in the form of expecting seven wins. That's the proper balance. (laughs) Hopefully it's eight points. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Uh, BYU Women's Volleyball has three freshmen. Brielle Miller... Mia Lee and Selena Damuni, who graduated early to join the Cougars this spring. They're missing their high school graduations, but for good reason, be on the team trip to Egypt. So head coach Heather Olmsted surprised them with this unique graduation experience.
1: How about Haley Rogers packing this, the director of ops. And so they take this photo. Oh my gosh, Brielle, Mia, and Selena, right there. That is so cool in front of one of the pyramids in Egypt. I think it was OK they missed the graduation. Yeah. I think it's going to be well, all right.
0: Gonna, this is your senior trip. Who's going to have a better senior graduation trip on than on BYU's this? dime. Come on. Little less. Incredible. Nice. Our thanks to today's guests, Cam Miller, Jen Rockwood, and Jamie Shepard. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. This is not last Friday. <laughs> for Jeremy Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Chloe Coolahan. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Expectations for the win, Jared. Keep them high! (laughs) 13-0. Big 12 champs going to the playoff, baby. Go coops.